Oh, good morning, friends. How good it is to be with you on this New Year's Day. Maybe your week's been filled with optimism and hope and possibility. Maybe this weekend's been filled with football games and parties and celebration. However, you've marked this celebration. I'm so glad you've decided to join us in worship as a part of your time. You might notice that our surroundings still evoke that sense of Christmas. We're still telling the story of Christmas. In fact, in the Christian tradition, there are 12 days in Christmas, hence the song. And so it is appropriate and in fact right for me to wish you and yours a Merry Christmas this morning as we get started. I want to invite you to join me in a moment of prayer. Holy God, we give you thanks for the gift of the Christ child in this Christmas week. We give you thanks for newness and this new year. We pray for health and hope, possibility and newness, that it may rain down upon us, that we might know your grace and mercy in this time of worship and in all the days that are to come in 2023. We'd ask that you connect us across time, across distance, across space, that we might be able to be a people for whom the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, that they are found to be acceptable in your sight. Lord, who is the strength and the source of all salvation. Amen. Well, speaking of Christmas, I have a question for you. I could have asked it last week, but I wanted to save it specifically for this morning. Did you get a favorite gift this year? Was there something that came to you, some person you connected with, some experience that you had that you realized this is what I needed this Christmas. Maybe it was stuffed in the bottom of a bag or something that you had to tear into the wrapping of. Maybe you were confused at first as to what it was as it sat under the tree. Maybe it was a warm cup of cocoa or coffee with someone who visited for the holidays. The song that touched you on Christmas Eve. Did you have a gift that was the best for you this year? If I was to ask you, can you think of the most memorable and favorite Christmas gift you've ever received, does something come to mind? Can you call into vivid memory maybe an experience in your childhood or an early Christmas with your beloved or a gift that you gave to a grandchild that just really defined a Christmas experience for you? Do you have a best present in mind? Let me flip that question on its head, home audience. Do you have a worst Christmas gift ever? Do you have a gift that you got that has just so defined your experience that you can put your finger right on it and say, I can't believe that that's the gift I got? Now, a word of caution. I'm not talking about really great prank or white elephant gifts. You might have gotten something silly or nonsensical. Nor am I really talking about the things that are truly practical. You might be the kind of person that says, I don't need more socks. I don't want new underwear. Why would you give me that as my Christmas gift? No, I'm talking about a gift that was given that you look at and go, what? Let me tell you a story, friends. About halfway through my married life with Pastor Camille in about our 10th year of marriage, my mother-in-law, Stephanie Noblin, came to visit us at the Christmas season. And she came bearing gifts at our home in Malibu. She had gifts to share, and they were wonderful in large part for our young children and for us as a couple. 
towards the end of our cycle on that Christmas morning, there was only a couple of gifts and one upright bag left. The bag was placed in front of me. And as I looked down into it, I scooted it towards Camille and said, I think this one belongs to you. To which my mother-in-law said, oh no, that one's for you, and pushed the bag back to me. Pulled out what little paper was in there, and my suspicions were confirmed that this did not look like the kind of gift that I was expecting. And out of that bag, I pulled the following. This amazing sleeveless hoodie. Now, if I can get this over my head without it uh, somehow messing up my microphone, you will immediately be struck by the pastel and neon colors. And then when I zip it up, I don't know if you can see on camera, but it has an amazing skull on the front of it. And beyond that, I can move like this and maybe have the lights picking up. This thing is bedazzled. I put it on, much like I have this morning, and sat there a bit confused. I stammered a thank you, and then my mother-in-law said to me, well, Andy, you're training for a triathlon. You're doing a lot of swimming now. That's the kind of thing that you can put on when you get out of the pool. Now, I was swimming with the Malibu Masters swim program, which included about 80% of the lifeguard force that worked at Zuma Beach, and I was having a hard time imagining me, the new kid on the block trying to train for his first triathlon, busting out this gem after swim practice on any morning. But I've kept it. I've kept it as a symbol of my mother-in-law's affection for me, for her very specific thoughtfulness. She looked at this and saw me, but beyond that, she looked at this and saw a new pattern of life that I was adopting, and so it truly is a gift in the spirit that's given. But it is the least likely of Christmas gifts I have ever received. Why bring it up? Well, it, it's not to belittle Stephanie by any means. I've had for a long time a wonderful relationship with my late mother-in-law, and she was a gift to us. But I, I need you to know that as we come into the new year here, it may be that 2023 comes to you as an unexpected and unwelcome gift. Now, I know that's terrifying news because we've come out of a difficult year with a recession where there's worry that the housing market might be as bad as 2008 that our stocks are failing, that cryptocurrency might not be the, the gift that we imagined it might be. You might find yourself struggling as a family, dealing with new diagnoses, new illness, or maybe even a loss in this last year. And so maybe the turn of the calendar to 2023 is not the gift you were waiting for or expected. It could be the kind of gift that you just sit there and wonder, is this really what God had in store for me? Is this really what the universe had planned for me in this new year? Friends, I'm, I'm not a numerologist. I'm not even an astrologist in that regard. I, I don't pay a lot of creed to the idea of the importance of the first of the year. I think there's always an opportunity for us to seize on new opportunities and to make changes in our lives. But as we take down 2022 calendars and put up 2023 calendars, it is an opportunity for us 
to look at our lives, to consider who we are. The gift of life that God has laid in our hands and at our feet, and to consider who we might be in the new year. If this new year finds you as an unwelcome gift, or maybe you got the worst possible Christmas gift in 2022 this year, be it bad news or just some silly little jumper, I need you to hear this, church. That when Jesus comes, it is an interruption to all of the lives that he intersects, and for many, including his parents, it is a far less than ideal gift. Now, Don't tune out yet. Hang on. Let me show you how. Consider the following. A familiar story for this time of year. If you have nativity scenes around your house, they likely include the holy family, shepherds with sheep, and then camels and magi bearing gifts. The Gospel of Matthew will say this in chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who was born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. This was not a good gift for Herod. And all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what is written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Quoting Micah 5, a familiar text to them. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out for them the exact time that the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw Mary and the child. And they bowed down, and they worshiped Jesus. Then they opened their treasures and presented gifts, pastel sleeveless hoodies and coal and socks and underwear. Your translation may read, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, the gifts that the Magi come bearing for Jesus and for his family are symbolic. They tell a story in much the same way that we tell the story of Christmas. Gold and richness is the king of kings. Myrrh and frankincense in preparation for a death which will have as much meaning as the life that Jesus has led, particularly when understood through Easter and the resurrection. But they are weird gifts. Mary no doubt just sat there for a while, uncertain as to, are you sure this one is meant for me? And then she stammers her thank yous. And on they go. Luke tells gift-giving in a different way. Hear this story from Luke chapter 2. They take Jesus to be presented at the temple for his naming. They meet a fascinating man by the name of Simeon who had been given a promise that he would not die until he saw the deliverance of Israel with his own eyes. And he had gotten very, very old. And when Mary and Joseph come with their eight-day-old son Jesus to present him for his naming, 
This is what he says. Simeon takes the baby, lifts him in the air and says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what he'd said. Not unlike I marveled at a turquoise hoodie. Then Simeon blessed them and then said the following to Mary. Mothers on the feed, do you remember some of the bizarre interactions you had early on in either your pregnancy or in the first few months of your children? Strangers who took liberties with touch or interacting with or asking questions that might embarrass or perturb you. Imagine, if you will, at just eight days old, Simeon offers a blessing and then says to you, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And Mary, a sword will pierce your heart too. That's a slightly worse gift than a bedazzled hoodie. Somehow having a well-meaning man who had been promised to see the deliverance of Israel and who said, my day and work is now here done, looking at you and saying, your son's going to break your heart. He's going to be responsible for the rise and fall of many. People are going to speak against him. It is as if he has imagined, prophesied, and anticipated the journey to the cross that is to come and the scorn that will fall upon the head and the body and the ears of the King of Kings. The judgment and death that is to come. You see, sometimes Christmas comes in a way that interrupts the world as we know it. And I'll tell you this. I'm grateful for that because I'm mindful of some places in my life in our community, and certainly in the world that surrounds us, in our nation, and in the world around us, where I could use a little interruption. Where I could use a Jesus who shakes things up, a Jesus who causes rises and fallings, and a deeper thought about character and life and how we live. I long for Christmas to come in this new season and in this new year in a way that is disruptive because we can't help but be transformed by the gift of love that is Jesus Christ. And so we gather on New Year's Day in the hopes that as our calendar changes, so too might our hearts and our lives. That as we mark another year's passing from this transition of the time before Christ to a year of our Lord in this common era that we share in together, as another year turns... It is another opportunity for this story to take root in our hearts and our lives such that it disrupts our patterns and invites us to lead lives of newness, hope, and possibility. If you're coming into the new year with a spirit of dread or worry, I want to sow a possibility for you. Much is made of New Year's resolutions about choosing how we will eat or exercise, a new hobby or habit that we'll take on to embrace that'll somehow make us better. What I do know about resolutions and opportunities in the new year is this. 
is that the new year will in large part be what you make it and how you respond to it. If this new year finds you in the midst of struggle, in the midst of drama, in the midst of tragedy, God is with you. God provides you strength, hope, wind beneath wings, a lifting up and a launching that your response might somehow be different. If you find this year greeting you with optimism and newness and hope and possibility, then God is present with you with courage and love, surrounding you with a cloud of witnesses that says, yes, go and do. If you find yourself worried about providence, God comes alongside it says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There is nothing that separates you from my great love. So love greatly. In all things, through all things, we come into a new year in the hope that Jesus would interrupt the broken places in our story. That we might come to see the weird gifts as the best gifts. That we might come to know the worst gifts as the most thoughtful. And that we might be able to see a new way to prioritize our story of living. Such that the God of life reigns in and through us. As we bring this whole storytelling series to an end, hear me say this, church. You have a story to tell to the nations. You are the mouth. And the hands of Christ, the same Christ whose birth we are only just a week into celebrating, you are the mouth and hands of Christ in a world that desperately needs to hear Christ's voice and feel Christ's touch. So be encouraged. This will be a year of boldness and opportunity for you, for me, and for us as a church. Let's lean into God's inconvenience. Let's lean into the weird gift of Christmas. And let's lean into a new year where God has made manifest in each of our stories. Would you join me in a moment of prayer?